Hi, welcome to Preaching to the Choir. These are your hosts, Doctor and the Donk. Greetings and salutations, my podcast listeners. Welcome to our inaugural episode of Preaching to the Choir. You are here with my good friend, the Doctor, and I am the Donk. We are glad to have you. Uh, we're going to be talking about various things through the podcast. We tend to wax philosophical. We come from a uh, unique niche, uh, definitely unique niche. We are a unique culture. We yeah, from probably the most ununderstood uh, or misrepresented culture in pop culture and media, mm. because all Christians are weirdos and psychopaths and blow up abortion clinics. Mm. So we are going to talk about all kinds of stuff. We're going to hit philosophy. We're going to hit. Uh, obviously religion. Love. What love? We're gonna hit love. Jared's favorite topic. We're also gonna talk about uh, society and culture as a whole. We're gonna talk about music that uh, we love. We're gonna talk about all kinds of nonsense. So please, and music we hate. Yeah, and things we hate because Christians are known for hating things because <laughs> they'll know we're. <laughs> Because <laughs> they'll know we're Christians by our hate. <laughs> so, uh, welcome. This is just kind of an introductory episode. We are uh, on Twitter. Our Twitter username is Jared. Can you hook us up with that? Oh, put me on the spot there. Our Twitter username is at PR. Well, P as in Peter, R C H I N as in, so it's P R Chin. Uh, let, let me back it. It's pre, it's at preaching to the choir, but it's spelled P R C H N. No, there's an I in there. Ugh. At P R C H I N number two, the choir. Or if you're not Twitter savvy. You can hit us up on Gmail at preaching, spelled the normal way, preaching, number two, the choir, no spaces in there. At gmail.com. No, there are numbers. Oh, three, brother. Numbers 316 at gmail.com. Can you read that one more time? For you Twitter savvy folks. No, this isn't the Twitter savvy. Well, I'm going to do them. Both. Okay. Then so for you Twitter savvy folks, we have at preaching, spelled P R. C-H-I-N, number two, the choir. And then for you folks that prefer email, there is it is preaching, spelled the normal way of P-R-E-A-C-H-I-N-G, number two, the choir, numbers three, number one, number six, at gmail.com. So that's preaching to the choir at gmail.com. You got it. Oh, I'm no, sorry. The, with the Preaching to the choir, three sixteen at gmail dot com. Yep, because we're Christians, so we got to throw John three sixteen in there somehow. Oh, is that what that was? It was just yeah. Okay, it, it was that. Is that um, lame? I think the username preaching to the choir was already taken. Oh, okay. So right out of the gate here, we're going to talk about a couple things that we really enjoy. Uh, my friend Jared and I uh, love music. Jared. Love it. Was 
a guitar player. A rocking one. A rocking guitar player. He he spent a lot of time working on Thrice riffs. Yeah, I really liked the band Thrice. And uh, I am a guitar player and um, studio musician. And lover. And, and lover. Of one woman. I am. I'm married. I have a couple kids. Uh, we are homeowners mm. and uh, are pretending to have our lives figured out. But um, so I am here to offer sage wisdom to my young Padawan learner, Jared, who's not really that young. Uh, but he um, he and I like to discuss things that um, cover the topics of uh, just life in general and like how we view and interpret um, world events, world events. And you're so weird. Moon phases and moon phases. <laughs> we talk about moon phases No, but we talk about all kinds of things, but we, we look at them through uh, uh, a, a Christian worldview. Um, but Judeo Christian. Oh brother. But it's not politically correct. It's just correct. And Jared, like I said, he's young. Does not to talk to people. Just kidding. It's true. <laughs> but, but we uh, we're gonna just uh, have some banter. Talk about things that we like, things that we don't like, things in culture that affect us, our jobs, relationships, and um, sex. No, we'll probably not be talking about sex. Maybe like like roughly the ideas about it, but not specifics. Because well, there's textbooks for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh brother <laughs> so jared first thing that comes to your mind besides sex <laughs> uh pizza <laughs> okay jared what are your favorite pizza toppings <laughs> oh man these days i've been rocking the pineapple on the pizza freaking uh, a uh rock <clears throat> pineapple on pizza is funny but but you just said freaking a yeah and i say that to my wife all the time and she says She's like, who says that? I do. I, I think she thinks that it's from a, like a specific time period, but you're quite a bit younger than me. Uh-huh. So it makes me happy to hear you say it. either. Well, that- I do have a friend that's probably about 37, and he has been known to say it. And he did say to me when he heard me saying it, he said, freaking A, man. It's like you're a young version of me. Is that is that good? Is this is a cool cat? Oh, yeah. He's a cool dude. He's in. He's a pretty stellar mountain biker, has a smoking hot wife. And is in the army, so I mean, I think. Okay, uh, w- one of the rules, and he's got beautiful kids. One of the rules that some uh, of which are adopted. He's got a kind heart, kind and generous heart. That's that's good. Can I get back to the part? Uh, yeah, just back up just a little bit where you said he has smoking hot wife. Um, I tend to I tend to think that knowing your friends have smoking hot wives and then saying it out loud, uh huh, yeah, it might be might be you know. Not not good. I don't know if it's not good. I never told him that. Well, if he happens to become a listener to preaching to the choir, he never would. What if you shared the link with him? I don't talk to the guy. Okay. What if he stumbles upon? It? What if he's an avid podcast listener? Hmm. Well, I don't know. It could be like one of those jealousy things. I feel like there are many men that are in relationships with beautiful women, but because they see them, so you know that we. As humans in general, I believe we take things for granted and we don't know the goodness of what we had until it was gone. Man, and that's like a Cinderella song from the 80s. 
don't know well, what just, you got. It just came to mind for me. Gone. I mean, that happened to me once with uh, some pad thai that I was eating. When I finished it, like, I thought I was going to cry because it was so good. <laughs> but, yeah, I think that's life in general. Well, let me ask you this about the pad thai. <laughs> We're going to go all over the place because I have a very short attention span. And I want to interject all the time. So, pad thai, is that different than regular Thai food? Uh, pad thai is a one particular dish of Thai food. Okay. Did it have peanut butter? It sure did. Dude, there is something special about peanut butter as a savory ingredient mm. that makes the world go round. It's so freaking good. Let, let me let me walk you through a thing, okay? We were uh, visiting our local discount grocer, and we came across these Thai ramen noodle things. <laughs> but it wasn't really ramen noodles. It, was it some... wasn't really Thai either. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it, it had, it had like, almost all the right flavors, okay. and something was missing. You know what I did, Jared? Put peanut butter in there. I put a little bit of peanut butter in there. Mm. Life was good right yeah. after that. Moment. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think if you put... Peanut butter in a, a regular ramen noodle package. Mm-hmm. I think you might have a win there too. I think that could solve the world problems. Okay, Jared, this is another off off topic discussion. When you were in college, because you you spent a lot of time in school, uh-huh. hence the doctor in your in your your aforementioned title. Uh-huh. Which you're not really a doctor, but but close enough. Play, but you play one on TV. Sure. Um, what was the craziest? concoction you made in the poverty-stricken years of your college existence. I'll tell you mine when I'm done. Oh, man. To be clear, I'm still in those poverty-stricken years, but not college existence. But the craziest thing I ever made, I don't know. I never really made crazy food. I'd you make... just ordered a pizza from Domino's? Cause no, you're... that's too expensive. Uh, but okay. but yet I can somehow justify sushi. So, I don't know. Maybe sushi is one of the crazier things that I made. You You made sushi? Oh, yeah. I make sushi quite a bit. Did until I found out that the frickin' so this is what knowledge does. It ruins everything because at least in my case, I feel the need to act upon that knowledge. So bluefin tuna yeah. is like getting way overfished, and I and it's largely in, in it's largely due to the sushi industry. Is uh, can I ask you? Is this some sort of hippie bullcrap that I need to be prefaced to? Uh, I read it somewhere. So I was watching like. Uh, Frickin uh, guys, if you can't hear it, I audibly rolled my eyes. <laughs> I was watching some like uh, wild tuna or something like that. I don't know. Some Discovery Channel show. Okay, or something you were like watching that. a show, not an actual wild tuna. No, right, right. Okay, it, it was, was a show Char- about tuna. Charlie fishermen. Tuna didn't come swing the swim alongside and say, hey, listen, it was you no. guys are over. So it was me. a show about tuna fishermen. And I'm like, well, I have some time off right now. I should go get a charter boat and catch a tuna. That'd be sweet. So I looked into the matter and then just through searching that sort of thing, uh, learned that from some source that uh, bluefin tuna, uh, which is commonly used in sushi, is being overfished. And that overfishing comes mainly from uh, from people's newfound interest in sushi. However, yellowfin tuna is not necessarily being overfished. That is, until I just mentioned that, now all the podcast listeners are going to stop eating bluefin, I start eating yellowfin, and that's we, just going to offset everything. We definitely ought to tag this with sushi podcast listeners. We ought to tag that somehow so okay. they're aware of yep. of this. So, yeah, I ate sushi. That was, But you made it yourself. Did you use brown rice or white rice? 
Oh uh, white. I don't know of anybody that makes sushi with brown. I, I think we're gonna we're gonna do the brown rice because you have to. You got to use like a like a fat grained. Yeah, like but jasmine. But sushi rice is not an equal opportunity employer. No. <laughs> yeah, I know, but if you can get the consistency with the the rice vinegar and and overcooking it and getting it a little softer, <laughs> you could you can get away with. Well, I never. I've, I've had brown rice sushi. I have. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's not great. Well, then roll with it. Ro- uh, yeah. Whatever floats your boat. Cause is that like a? Do you, did you ever eat the um, the fried, the fried sushi rolls like the dragon roll or anything like that? Yeah. That's yeah. delicious. Oh yeah. Man. Any oh. of that tempura crap? Anytime you fry something, <laughs> it's a win. Oh, that's actually the weirdest thing I ever had was cat poop coffee. AKA Kopi Luwak. So the story on the Kopi is that, Luwak. Is that like from the movie Bucket List? Yes, it is. Uh, you're lying to me. No, I had it. So uh, I got to talking to a friend about it, and I said, man, I really want to try that stuff. Not that I anticipate that I'm going to die anytime soon, or I surely hope not. But you want to on your bucket list. Uh, yeah, I want to conquer life goals. Uh, you know, I don't see the need to wait until I'm about to die to conquer those goals. It's, it's good to have goals. So, yeah. Um, so I told a friend that I wanted to try this Kopi Luwak cat poop coffee. And she said, well, I'll get it for you as a... uh, Did she... um, Is it a her? It is a her. Okay. Did she feed the cat coffee? She... No. Did she... she, Did she, like... She did not harvest any of this. Trail behind the cat? No. So was the cat wearing a diaper? Well, with this sort of thing, it begs the question of how the blazes did existence ever... How did cat poop coffee ever make its way into existence? And, And, like, somebody's like... Hey, there's a pile of shit. Yeah. I should... Well, as is the case with many good stories of life, uh, this... I might edit this shit part out. This spawns from oppression. So it was back in, like, the 1700s. The uh, French enslaved... I'm just going to, like, take a moment here to acknowledge it. We're we're going into history, so... Everybody put on your history caps. (laughs) But this uh, is interesting. No, no, no. I'm not saying it's not history. It's not interesting. I'm not saying it's not history either, because this could be 100 percent made up. I don't know because I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna check his citations. This is from Wikipedia. Do you read Wikipedia a lot? I sure this is the do. Second time. Oh yeah. In, in tonight's conversation, pre-recorded. I like knowledge. Okay, it's good. And and I think Wikipedia has come a long way on getting savvy, savvy articles. Do you think that the editability of Wikipedia is uh, a problem? Uh, I don't know who's editing it or how that goes, so I most, can't. Most people can edit it. You could go in and edit. Okay, so what, what Wikipedia has to say about Kopi Luwak cat poop coffee. Is it Kopi Luwak cat poop coffee, or is it just Kopi Luwak? It's called Kopi Luwak, okay. but people... Call it cat poop coffee. Yeah. All right. Later. It's supposedly the world's premier cup of coffee. So, uh, was it good? No, because it tastes like poop. I'll tell you. Uh, let's first talk about the history okay. of right. the Kopi. Break, break it down for wait, wait, hold on. Take a moment. Get your history caps back on. I know we sidetracked for a second. History caps back on. Everybody ready? Okay, Bingo. Good. good. Okay, there we go. All right. So the French enslaved some Indonesian coffee farmers in like the 17th century or 1700s, something like that. So either 17th or 18th century depending on how you <clears throat> yeah it's a little wonky how that works how out count math. yeah yep so uh they did this and uh and then 
because coffee gets people going and and also protects against stroke and Alzheimer's. Uh, really? Yeah, that's what they say. And maybe even I don't know. I'm make, probably making this one up. Yeah, you are almost a doctor. Almost. Um, but yeah, they do say it prevents against stroke and uh, Alzheimer's, which is also the case with wait, dark wait, cocoa. Should, we, should I have people put on their science caps? No. Okay. But as with all things, only in moderation. So if you drink too much coffee, you're gonna you're gonna get Alzheimer's. Yeah, you. Well, if you live to if you live that long, because it's also gonna raise your blood pressure. It's hard on your heart, those sorts of things. Gotcha. So, frickin', you can try and risk stratify all the crap that there is to risk stratify, but you're going to punch your ticket one way or another. You know, uh, one time I tried a brand of coffee that I wasn't used to, and I thought I was having a heart attack because it reacted to me poorly. Hmm. I don't know. But, so this Kopi Luwak, uh, these coffee farmers said, oh, the French are oppressing us. And then the French said, hey, you lazy coffee. That's more Italian, but. Yeah. Hey, they're Baba the Boopy. Yeah. <laughs> the, they said, hey, coffee farmers, we're stripping you of all freaking luxuries that there are. You can't even drink your own freaking coffee anymore. Now, were the French taking their coffee? Oh, they sure were. Were they enslaved? They were like, they were lapping it up with their tongs and like swirling it around in the cup and like just friggin' living life large. Sniffing the bouquet. Yeah, they're friggin'. <laughs> Is there heat coming out of that still? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, and then uh, in a sheer act of desperation, the Indonesian coffee farmers found some scat, some uh, some some poop that was laid. By a, I think it's called a civet or a civet. It's some type of cat, like a large cat, kind of like, uh, like, like a lion or like not a, quite that like a big. bobcat, like bobcat slash uh, mountain lion sort of thing. Well, somewhere mountain in there. lions. Um, I was gonna say a mountain lion's not a cat, but then I was thinking, look it, it up, a it, civet it a or a civet, okay. something like that. So it's a medium like size, like medium like large a, size like cat. A, idiot savant? Civet. C. <laughs> I'm just kidding. C I V E T or maybe A T, but in any case, uh, they got to digging through this poop, and they found that uh, they they brewed a cup of Joe with it. Why Why were they digging through the poop? Because they really wanted their coffee. Okay. And those were the only beans they came across. Okay. I'm with so you. they really wanted their coffee. They got this cat poop, and they. Uh, so the cat was eating the coffee beans. Yes. So it was. Uh, so did they roast the poop after? Uh, I would imagine so. Okay. I think they probably took it out of the poop, roasted it like you would do any other cup of coffee, and made their cup of coffee out of it and said, hey, this is actually really delicious. And the other people are like, you guys are freaking crazy. I'm not eating some freaking – I'm not drinking coffee that came from a cat's butt. But <laughs> then others were like, I really want that coffee. And they're like, yeah, it is really good. So – that's how the story goes as to how this came into existence. So, your experience with mocha, coffee, latte, poopo, mm -hmm. how'd it go? Uh, so, I got to thinking, well, if this is the world's premier cup of coffee, I should have the world's premier coffee brewer make it for me. That being a barista in my mind. And at that time, uh, where I was living, I had a... Well, I was like, like more real than Starbucks? No. So I had this friend. 
uh, that used to work at at a coffee shop as a, a barista, and I said, "Hey," I told her about the world's premier cup of coffee, and she said, "Well, I'll get that for you as a gift." And yes, I I will brew it. And I said, "Well, okay, that'd be great." So, so she did. Um, I was disappointed to see that she actually brewed it like with a Mister Coffee. Yeah. But she was a barista. Yeah, I know. Why? Like, I don't know. I have an express machine. I don't, I don't I know. Wanna, I, I don't want to. It it broke my heart in a sense. And anyway. Was it like just a straight up Mr. Coffee? Yeah. Nothing special about it. No bells or whistles. No oh, nothing good. That that makes me question her barista-ness. It makes me question her humanity. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. uh I guess I guess these are the reason. No, never mind. Um, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> uh, why she's single? Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, well, now what was I saying? Now the poop and the coffee, and she brewed it. Yeah, it really wasn't anything great. Uh, it was also like probably a light to medium roast. I like dark roast coffee because like now I, it just goes with my bold personality. <laughs> the roasting process mm. um, was that done. Um, it was done by the manufacturer. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. She bought this small bag of it that it made. I don't know. Essentially, probably three or four cups of coffee. How much? Twenty-two bucks. Twenty-two dollars in the year. Uh, probably about two. 2015. Wow, that long ago. Maybe 2014. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know how the economy was then. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Housing collapse. Yeah. Financial markets. Ah, uh, yeah. Enron, the whole thing. Um, so, yeah. But not good. No, I wouldn't. I was, I was pretty disappointed with it. I think there are things that. If there are only a certain number of items that should be on a bucket list, that is not one of them. Okay. What would you put on a bucket list, Jared? Get laid. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, my, my life goals and aspirations right now revolve around that and uh, shooting a very large buck, white-tailed deer buck. Caveat with the getting laid, though, because I'm sure we have some listeners in the audience saying, what's the big deal with that? It's that I have, I'm have i a man of principle and will only have sex with somebody that is my wife and will only have someone that is my wife if I can pledge my undying allegiance to her for the rest of my days. Noble goal, my friend. Noble goal. Um, I... My initial reaction, because I remember having this conversation with one of my married friends, uh-huh. and him saying to me, being married is great, and and being intimate is awesome, but it's just a thing. And I, I think that sometimes uh, guys of faith who are waiting have this anticipation of oh absolutely is amazing thing that particularly gonna... depending on what sh- on how you're raised and i was raised in like some pretty conservative christian circles that one of the youth leaders 
I now look back on this with tremendous disdain for the fact that this is what a leadership role entails. <laughs> but, I mean, the dude, he was like, well, I guess what should I say? He was human. How, how, uh, how old was he when he was your youth leader? Probably, probably like mid-30s. Oh, like, should have known better? Oh, yeah, but he was totally immature and rocked it like it was a badge, like a badge of honor. Okay. Uh, but I guess he was maybe doing it to be relevant to the like, youth. Like, I'm hip and cool with the kids? Yeah, okay. maybe it was that. But, yeah, he, 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 wasn't, would, he wasn't showing the Josh McDowell videos? Well, they would always tell us this this sort of thing, and we could see, see through this BS pretty well. But he's like, ah, oh, sex is such an amazing thing. But only if you're married. And it's like, it, it it just wasn't a convincing sell. What the kids were hearing, at least this kid was hearing, is that, oh, Sex is an amazing sex thing. Sex is an amazing Period. Thing. Yes. Right. Did you find that um, uh, being raised in a super conservative setting that the um, the taboo of of sex outside of marriage made it that so much more alluring. Oh, absolutely. It goes that. back to the Garden of Eden. We're given that one command, don't eat from that tree. Anything else you can have, but stay away from that one thing. Boom. That's the thing you want. And it still applies today. Be, things beyond sex. That's not the only thing that I want in life that I forbid myself to have. I have these struggles all the time with just any sense of enjoyment. No, what is it that um, keeps you from enjoying things? I'm not talking about sex. Yeah, and like I, chocolate, for example, or ice cream. Why can't I have it on a daily basis or something of the sort? Um, you can. Yeah, I know, and I do. But it's a daily struggle for me. I always have I have this mindset. How, how is that a struggle? Like, walk me through your thought process. I'm thinking, I'm thinking it's maybe some sort of like a maybe a gnostic tendency. I don't know. There well, was some. Can you for. Our listeners and me, who's kind of dumb. Uh -huh. I know Gnostic. I know what it means, kind of, but just walk me through. Well, I, my definitions here could be totally wrong, but I think there was some sort of religious... You're almost a doctor. Yeah, but I know that I actually don't know everything. Okay, well, that's good. That's, humility is a nice place to start. Uh... I know everything, though, so but, I don't have to worry about that. Well, there was some sort of religious group. I think it was the Gnostics, and they essentially thought, like... One of the keys to happiness in life and fulfillment and just, like, the penultimate goal of life is to swear it off. Like, life is just evil. And to indulge the flesh in any way, shape, or form is uh, is offensive. Like, that is just Corbin, or not Corbin, but just you got to stay away from that totally crap. Carnal. And, yeah, but and I think that's kind of what the—I that I think that's the crowd that the Apostle Paul was addressing— and I think it's Second Timothy when he talks about like no things in creation are here for our enjoyment. Like there are there are restrictions on what we can enjoy or how how we are to enjoy them, the such be, as having be, sex be so in the confines, of, confines marriage. of marriage. Right? Yeah. Like uh, um, just like not partaking of uh, of um, I don't know, like. Uh, excessive sloth you know just like yeah, uh -huh. general life principles right 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 so i think i think that's where it comes from for me i somehow have been influenced with that sort of philosophy um 
I'm sure like a behavioral psychologist or something would say, oh, it has to do with how you were raised. Who knows? I am the way I am, and I have no idea why it is the way it is. Do you, uh, do you think that um, because of the the feeling of taboos or weirdness, like you said, that it, it, it makes you have the desire to have that more? Do you think that once, if if you get married and, mm-hmm. like, have sex? And have well, if I get married, I will have sex. Okay. <laughs> okay. At least I'd better. <laughs> However, at least that one time. But do you think that like if it doesn't meet your expectation or this this preconceived expectation of what it's going to be, do you think that you'll feel let down and that maybe um, not that you shouldn't have waited or not that. um, Or just the the expectation of, well, that wasn't all it was cracked up to be. Like, have you thought about... Oh, yeah. And I think that that, that might actually also be some of the reason why I just forgo pleasures in general. Because it's like, well, what if I do realize these? Because there have been many things in my life, like changing careers, for example. That you, the grass is always greener on the other side of the fence. And that runs through... Can you speak in a little bit more cliches for me? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Finish I have thought. no sense of humor. I don't pick up on those <laughs> on that sort of snarky sarcasm. Uh, you, you do, and you are the master of sarcasm. Yeah, so, I know. Anyway, <laughs> lay it on me. Uh, anyway, so yeah, the grass is always greener on the other side of the fence, and that's very much so true uh, in my family, at least. And uh, yeah, so I was once in a career. And just kind of found it unfulfilling, didn't see much of a future in it, and kind of said, oh, well, okay, I'm going to switch careers. And it was quite a huge investment of time and resources and energy to... Cold hard cash. Yeah, uh, to undertake that career change. But I set myself up for that sort of disappointment. Like, I kind of told myself, uh, you know, there are plenty of celebrities that think that that, uh, it is there like you know it is found in being a celebrity being known by the world uh having all the money and just any, everything at your disposal that's do, do you do you wrestle with, do you personally wrestle with that uh it, no to a degree well like money in me it's a funny thing because i live a very frugal life and uh, in a sense money is is a ruler of me for sure well you know, what? I, don't, I don't know that I, w- I would qualify it to say that it's a ruler of everybody. So that's not like a thing that's specific to you. But but I mean, like personally, um, being a guitar player, being like uh, recording music and, and doing that whole thing that, that I love. Part of it, part of the allure to doing all that is for me to, to want to be a rock star, man. Like, oh, yeah. Uh, like the desire to like. To like have people look at me and be like, "Oh, that guy's got something," uh-huh. and uh, and that trips me up because in in my core and what I would probably say to people is that like I want to make art for the sake of making art. Mm-hmm. Like, but if I if that was true, then I would record my music and just play it for myself. Mm-hmm. But instead, what I'll do is I'll record something, I'll post it on some sort of social media. And be like, hey guys, look at me. Check this out. Listen to this. And um, looking for some sort of uh, validation of like, hey, you're not wasting your time. But then I listen to what I do compared to what other people do, mm-hmm. and it's it's either um, 
it's not hip. It's not like cutting edge. Like I'm not on the on the cusp of the newest greatest thing, and I find that that slows me down. Like that, and that like hurts my ego. Like so, I don't mm. I don't know like as you're talking about these things and finding that the grass is greener or looking for the greener grass on something else. Do you find that there will be a green enough place? Uh, I think that's what the role of heaven is. I think that's kind of how man goes through his days. There have been plenty of literary works out there that have addressed this very same issue. There's, I think it's called the pearl. Uh, uh, I want to, it might be Steinbeck, John Steinbeck. Like the of mice and men guy. Uh, that's the of mice and yeah, men Yeah. Okay. I know, I know him from East of Eden. East of Eden is a, uh, absolutely stellar book. If you've never re- read it, I highly recommend it. The would, first, you rec- would you recommend the movie? Cause I'd probably be more likely. To uh, I don't know if there is a movie. There is. Oh, it's, I didn't, uh, I haven't seen it. James Dean. But well, I wasn't much of a bookie. But for whatever reason, somebody told me about that book, and I said, all right, I'll give it a go. And I read the first, like, 50 pages and was like, this book, is it's so boring. But they were so adamant that it was such a good book. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to push through it. And shortly after the first 50 pages, like, then the plot really picks up. And then, like, I could not put the book down. It was terrific. Sum it, sum it up for me. What's it about? Uh, so essentially it starts out... It has biblical, uh, underlying biblical themes of especially Cain and Abel. Uh, it starts out with these two brothers. Um, they kind of get in a fight when the, when they're younger. Uh, I think it has to do with essentially trying to please their dad. Uh, the dad looks so in favor with the one more than the other, and that angers the lesser brother. And he beats up the the greater brother then. And, uh, you kill him? No, not at least not in the beginning. Um, so, so then the the brother that gets beaten up is kind of like, "Whoa, I gotta like get away." And so I think one of them joins the military. Uh, I think it's the older one. I don't remember how exactly that works out, but yeah. So one of them joins the military, ends up uh, going back to the father's farm, and then while he's at the father's farm. This uh, this lady comes cruising by, and uh, she's like, "Hey, baby." Yeah, well, she seems innocent and good and stuff at first, um, and I think that those two fall in love. So this is the good brother and her. They fall in love, and then, uh, or so it seems. And then the bad brother comes by. Does he hook up with the? He absolutely does. Uh, that's the worst. Yep, and I think they keep it undercover. I think that he might even knock her up. And uh, I forget forget exactly how that works out, but this creates, like, huge beef in the family. And she ends up, like, running a brothel or something to that effect. Uh, And then my memory is gray on a lot of this, but then I know the the good brother gets in a very philosophical kind of argument, debate, whatever, uh, with this with his uh, Asian butler, and who he treats very well. Uh, but, yeah, they so they have that this, like, kind of just religious debate and talking about essentially what the meaning of the story of Cain and Abel is, what's going on there. 
and uh and then for whatever reason they go find that lady at this brothel some stuff goes down i don't remember exactly what but that makes me think yeah there is definitely a movie for this because i remember having seen that too so yeah there is a movie but something goes AWOL, and then at the end of the movie, the good brother, I, I think he ends up killing the bad brother. Does, but I don't know if resolution is ever obtained. Gotcha. Would you say that, uh, are you influenced a lot by literature, things you read? Ah, uh, yeah, I think so. Do you think it, uh... You think it, it affects Actually, I know I am. And and I like literature because I think it helps me to understand life. It helps me. I, right now, I'm really appreciating biographies because, um, because I think we can look at other people's lives, see where they messed up, and not make those same mistakes. So, for example, uh, I was up. The dreamer in me uh, really likes the idea of living in a cabin in the middle of nowhere, just kind of being surrounded by nature. That's when I think I'll find my lasting peace, that sort of thing. Um, but, yeah, so I was just actually doing that. And I was staying at somebody's cabin in the middle of nowhere, and I got to – I walked around the woods a few days and then was – Was that your green grass? <laughs> Yeah, well, then I was putzing around in the house like, what the crap am I going to do now? And came across the book, Into the Wild, which I had seen the movie. Um, the movie is about essentially this, well, the book too. So the plot of it is that it's about this kid. I think he's probably about, I think he's Ale 24. Alexander. Yeah, it's definitely. Supertramp or something No, like that. McCandless or something No, like but that. he calls himself Alexander Supertramp. Why is that? It said he, he refers to himself as that by the end of the book. Oh, really? I don't. I didn't come across the super tramp part yet because he also. I say also because in a previous podcast I had mentioned about Sir Isaac Newton mm -hmm. having said to have died a virgin. Um, there was question about about whether or not Alex had ever had intimate relations with anybody. In the movie, he did. Okay, because I know in the book they speculated that maybe he did in high school, but they're pretty positive he did not in college. I um, I I remember when he was kind of figuring stuff out, and he before he went out to the woods uh -huh. in Alaska, he had gone and hung out in a like not a trailer park, but it was like a. Uh, like a community of trailer people. Okay. And he met a girl there. Maybe, oh. Maybe that was just for the Sounds book. Sounds racy. Yeah, it was, whoo. It was, it was spotty. Mm. Spotty on the raciness. I can't remember. But I remember the book uh, or the movie being pretty intense. Yeah. Well, so I got to read in this book because I had seen the movie. And they generally say the book is better than the movie. They always say the book is better than the movie. And it's usually true. Unless it's a, a movie adaptation from the, the books. Wait, hold on. Unless it's an adaptation of the movie from the to the book. Because there was a while when I was working at a summer camp. This is, this is off topic. Uh, and I've read, um, like, for... It was a pretty conservative camp. Uh-huh. And on our... Circle days, K. Yeah. We, we, <laughs> <laughs> we couldn't go to movies. And so uh, on my days off, we were 
going to try to sneak out to movies, but we didn't go there because that would have been, we would have been excommunicated from the camp and probably from our Christianity in general. Mm. But um, I've read an adaptation. This is, this will tell you when it was. I read an adaptation of Air Force One uh-huh. and Men in Black uh-huh. that summer. Um, so it was around that same time. And uh, then when I got around to seeing the movies again, or no, Face Off was the other one. And then I got around to seeing the movie uh, Face Off, and there were some really funny parts that were in the book that got cut from the movie. But um, sometimes the movies aren't as good as... The books that are based on movies aren't as good as the movies that are based on the books. Because the books are always better. You're right. I'll have to take your word on it. Yeah, I I could... Yeah. Yeah. Stuff. Yep. Okay. Um, but anyway, so this Alex guy, I got to read in this book in uh, Into the Wild, and he's a bit of a dreamer, and uh, he he graduates from Emory University. He thinks that modern life is ridiculous. That's not what it's about. Uh, we're not going to find our fulfillment, our, our peace in it. So, uh, so he decides that he's going to go live in Fairbanks, Alaska in the in the middle of nowhere in the woods, live off the land, and that's where he's going to find his peace, fulfillment and purpose. Um so when he graduates, he takes all of his money, his life savings, gives it to a charitable organization that fights uh, hunger across the world and embarks to Alaska and he ends up dying. He's out there for 4 months, eats some uh, bad plants, and they end up uh some moose hunters end up finding his his decayed corpse and the autopsy that's what they concluded that he uh ate some bad plants and that's how he died um but the the book has a few other characters in it that are like-minded these people that essentially just have a restless spirit uh and they are extremists um some people call them narcissistic and egotistical others sympathize with them but in any case, some of these characters, they end up undertaking tremendous feats, climbing mountains, like big mountains, like Everest sort of thing. And some of them end up, uh, end up dying in the process. And then the other ones uh, end up finding that essentially they were all wrong, that, that uh, they did not find, they ultimately did not feel any better about themselves or about life after undertaking these things, and that generally people didn't care. So they were looking for satisfaction in their accomplishments, but people didn't give a rip about them, like me being a rock star. Right, yeah, exactly. Um, so back so, to the so, question of about yeah. me and literature. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I find that when I read that sort of thing, it brings the dreamer in me back into perspective and says, look, here are those people that thought those very same thoughts as you, and they went and lived it out, and it's not there. And that's that's kind of like my favorite book of the Bible, Ecclesiastes. It, I love that book because it's so bleak, and as mel- that sounds super depressing, <laughs> and it is. It, it is. is. It's it a is. very depressing book. But at the same time, but, I feel— but, but Solomon comes to an understanding that everything he's chasing is bullcrap. Yeah, and, he's and chasing anything apart from God is 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 vain. Yeah, it's, it's just chasing your tail. It's it's looking for an answer or um, 
not looking for an answer, but lo- looking for uh, fulfillment and, and joy in something other than what you have. Yep, yep. So, uh, and and that's kind of like the teachings of, of Jesus. He taught that, and some people in the audience will say, well, those are also, well, I don't know. Um, but Jesus... No, no, finish that thought. Well, I was going to say that some people might call it kind of Buddhist. Um, I don't I don't know Buddhist teachings as well as I do those of Christianity. But Jesus taught that, uh, I think it was in Luke or John, um, he teaches like that the kingdom of heaven is within you. So essentially, I interpret that to more or less mean like, be content with who you are and where you are. And uh, don't go, don't go seeking for the kingdom of heaven, like in Hollywood or wherever other else people will go and search for it. When, when you say stuff like the kingdom of heaven is within you, it sounds, it sounds kind of Buddhist. It right. sounds, it sounds kind of like it's, it's, um, there's a comedian called, uh, named Pete Holmes who has been like doing a lot of like, uh, he went to a Christian college and he hangs out with Rob Bell and and he does comedy and he's he's a comedian obviously he does comedy duh but not yes but he uh, but he it, some of that stuff sounds a little wonky unless you're looking for um help me out here Brad it it yeah and and looking for it. Apart from Christ is looking for something that's not there. Ideally, or ultimately. A chasing after the wind. Exactly. Vanity of vanities. Yeah, man. Like Solomon had it right. Like, of all the things that he could have asked God for, he asked God for wisdom. And mm-hmm. he could have asked God for riches. He could have asked God for um for the women, mm-hmm. he could have asked God for long life, long life, but he asked for wisdom. And I think ultimately, if you're looking to gain wisdom and understanding f- from God, mm-hmm. you it will lead to those things. Uh-huh. And I think it also uh, brings you to the point where you realize that all the other stuff, the it that people are looking for. It's not there. It's not there. It's not there. Unless the it you're looking for is sex. (laughs) (laughs) Being a married man, I'm going to say the it that you're looking for is not sex. Um, Because once sex is there and established, from that point, there's... um, There has to be more. There's there's more on top of that, and it's about you know cultivating the relationship. It's about um, understanding each other. It's about um, making your needs secondary to the needs of your spouse, and even that comes into play with sex, because guys are too. <laughs> <laughs> It could be, you know, it could be a two minute, two minute thing for you, and then your wife is completely <laughs> not there. And so it's about making sure that you're uh, you're meeting her needs as much as your needs are 
getting met. <laughs> Is that funny for you? That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. So, we're going to call it a day on this podcast. Write, it, write us. Uh, you can, again, you Twitter savvy folks can get us at, at preaching. That's P-R-C-H-I-N. Number two, the choir. That's, again, for you Twitter savvy folks. So it's at preaching, P-R-C-H-I-N. Number two, the choir. And then for you Gmail users, it's... Or, or anybody who has access to email. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for you email folks, it is preaching, spelled the normal way of P-R... E-A-C-H-I-N-G. Number two, the choir. Number, th- well, 316. So number three, number one, number six. At Let me gmail. break it down for you. Com. It's preaching to the choir, 316 at gmail.com. So write us your feedback, how you liked the show, what you liked about it, what you didn't like about it, what you want to hear more of, what you want to hear less of. Um, if you want to go on a date with me, that sort of thing. ha, <laughs> ha. My friend Jared here is single, ladies. We weren't going to use my name. (laughs) Oh, yeah. He is single. But, hey, please keep in contact with us. Let us know what we can do, topics you'd like us to discuss, because we'll talk about anything, and they'll probably go on lots of rabbit trails, lots of tangents. But thank you for listening, and we'll catch you next time. And keep on keeping on. Oh, that's so bad. Yeah. We'll keep Catch us next time on <laughs> Preaching to the Choir. Thanks for listening. <laughs>